ladies and gentlemen, it was a cold-blooded, premeditated murder. We find the defendant guilty. Hey guys, welcome to the Valfowls Pod. Again. It's Molly. And Amber. And we're here to bring you a... A doozy. A doozy. I thought you were just going to read my mind and say something (laughs) since we were doing the back and forth thing. I I mean, yeah, a doozy was the first thing that popped up in my (laughs) head. Oh, it's a doozer. It's a McDoozer. Yeah, it's not even a twofer. It's a threefer. Yeah, guys, we're doing a three-parter and I'm like nervous as hell. It'll be fine. I got to deliver this information. Yeah. Good for you guys. I mean, it's more for y'all. So you're welcome. Um, we're just going to jump right in because like we just said, we have a lot to cover. Before I go into this case, the first episode is not going to have any type of murder or violence. Sorry, y'all. But the first episode, we're going to be getting into the background of our victim and all the events leading up to her very, very untimely and unfortunate murder. Mm. So the case that I'm covering today is... Ooh, tell me. Sorry, (laughs) I've literally waited a month for this shit, so please... I have been working on notes for this case for probably three weeks. Yeah. So I'm, that's why I'm so nervous is I really want to do this case justice. It really deserves the justice. And today I'm covering the case of Shanda Scherer. <gasps> okay. Do you know who okay. she is? Uh, yes. Okay. But I, I don't know the details, so this oh. is going to be good. Oh. This is going to be good. I have the details, Ooh, girl. my friend. <laughs> girl. So I just wanted to start off by saying that I downloaded the book Cruel Sacrifice by Aphrodite Jones. It's awesome. I got it for free on Kindle. I don't know if it's free for everybody, but I got it for free on Kindle. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because there's a lot of quotes that we pulled from this book and it's not a fictionalized version of Shanda's murder. It's literally a book that was based on more than 5,000 pages of documents and tape interviews. Oh, shit. So, okay. So it's I, the real deal. It's a real freaking thing. And I highly recommend it if you need a good true kind book to read. It's awesome. Check it out. So are you ready? Yeah, let's begin. Okay, awesome. Okay, so I'm going to start off by talking about Shanda's mother and just her background and just leading up to Shanda's life. Okay. Shanda's mother's name was Jackie, and before Shanda was born, she was married to a man named Mike Boardman. Now, Mike Boardman and Jackie, they they were high school sweethearts, and they actually had a daughter together named Paige. Oh, okay. So I wanted to mention that because it's important to know that obviously Shanda has an older Sister. Sister. Yeah. So not soon after Paige was born, Jackie and Mike's marriage ended and Jackie was left as a single parent at the age of 19. Jackie would actually reconnect with an old high school friend by the name of Steve Scherer. They both attended the Clarksville High School in Tennessee and they were two grades apart when they met. Mm -hmm. Jackie was a sophomore, Steve was a senior, And the funny thing about that is that Jackie first met her husband, Mike, at the same high school, and Mike and Steve are best friends, and they flipped a coin to see who got to ask out Jackie. See, I knew something (laughs) was coming up because she never, like, gives me any type of, like, direct eye contact, and she was, like, (laughs) looking into my soul right now, and I was like, bitch, just, what is it? What is it? it?" Well, there is a point to everything I was saying, but yes, so... Mike and Steve flipped a coin and obviously Mike won first and got to marry Jackie Uh and then they divorced and then it was kind of 
Steve's turn. Yes, I was so, about to say. <laughs> Steve's turn. Well, it's actually funny because Steve really, really still had a crush Aww. on Jackie, even whenever they never seemed to make it the first yeah. time. So years after Jackie's divorce, Jackie would run into Steve at a popular night bar called the Garage Club. And after a few drinks, after catching up a little bit, they kind of ended the night together, and it was kind of love after Ooh. that. Jackie said that her years with Steve were some of the best years of her entire life. Oh, Yeah. My soul. I know. So on June 6th, 1976, they welcomed a beautiful Gemini baby girl, Shanda, into, <laughs> into their world. Yes. Gemini baby girl. Gemini baby girl. After Shanda was born, they decided to move to Indiana to get closer to more family and to help Steve's business. Okay. So after the move to Indiana, the relationship between Jackie and Steve did start to change a little bit. They started to get money problems. They started fighting more. And this was really hard on Paige because Paige didn't really get to see her other father. So Steve was essentially her father figure. Yeah. Shanda was only three years old at this time, so she was kind of too young to understand what was happening. So at this point, Jackie decides to take Paige and Shanda, and Steve filed for a divorce. So they're going through a divorce now. They decide before they made this divorce just legit that they're just going to try one more time to make their marriage work. And after another year of working things out, it just wasn't working. So okay. they finalized it. Just wasn't a, worth it. It just wasn't worth their fighting. And yeah. they got a divorce. Jackie felt that they grew too far apart. She thinks that it's for the best to call it off for good. And again, Jackie is now a single mother to two girls now. Okay. Even though they split, they still had a really friendly and cordial relationship. Jackie got full custody of Shanda and Paige. But Steve would take the girls every weekend. Okay. When Shanda turned seven, Jackie would remarry again to another man named Ronnie. Okay. (laughs) He offered Jackie and the girls more of a financial and emotionally secure situation. And Jackie's mother kind of pushed her. You have two girls. You are a single mother. This guy's offering you money, a nice house, security, stability. Do it. I mean, I, I guess... And he showered the girls with gifts, too, and it was just nice. Jackie thought it was just nice to see somebody care for her and her daughters emotionally, but also, like, financially. Yeah. But, unfortunately, four years later, Jackie and Ronnie would divorce, and this would be Jackie's third divorce. I'm I'm seeing a pattern. It's always four years. Have you noticed? Yeah, it is weird. Well, after the divorce, Jackie and Shanda decide to move to New Albany, Indiana. This is actually where Paige lived at the time, because at this time, Paige was old enough to live on her own. Okay. So Jackie was like, okay, probably should move closer to my daughter. You know, my other daughter's getting older. It's yeah. time to find a place to really settle down. And on top of that, Steve only lived seven miles away, too, from that same place in New Albany. So it made sense that she could be closer to her biological father as well. So now let's talk about Shanda. Shanda, at a very, very young age, was a strong and do-it-herself type of child. She Mm -hmm. was independent. She would be very, very annoyed or angry whenever she felt like her size, her age, or anything about her would get in the way of her doing or completing anything on her own. Yeah. 
if she saw her older sister or her parents doing something, she wanted to do it too. She wanted to learn, she wanted to be mature, and she was literally a model child that you could ask for. She was cute, friendly, outgoing, and she was smart beyond her age. Mm -hmm. At school, she was very popular with many different types of friend groups. It seemed like nobody could like resist the energy that she brought. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. She was a cheerleader, she played softball, gymnastics, volleyball, Girl Scouts, and her grades were perfect. She had so much potential, and she literally got along with everybody. Everybody loved Shanda. I love her. I know. I love Shanda, too. (laughs) (laughs) I feel genuinely connected with Shanda after spending so much time just reading about her, seeing her picture, that it's like I know her. And I think we all kind of feel that way when we we get involved in in a case. And that's how I feel about Shanda. She was gorgeous, and at a very young age, she was already getting attention from all the boys. Mm-hmm. At age 11, she, was inter- uh, she introduced her first boyfriend to her father, Steve. And when Steve, ooh. Uh, ooh, 11 years old. And when Steve met him, he said, in quote, Well, do you have a job yet? You better get one of those because girlfriends are very expensive. <laughs> it's the classic, like, the classic dad, dad thing. moment. Yeah. Exactly. Although she was very put together and mature, she also had a fun jokester, playful side to her. Okay. One of her schoolmates would say that she was just a lot of fun to be with. She had so much light in her laugh, and she just loved the way that Shanda talked. Yeah. Shanda was very courageous, and she would be the first person to stand up to anything if anything wrong or bad was happening. Yeah, stand up for what you believe for. If anybody was being bullied or being mistreated, Shanda was going to be there. That's nice. Yeah. In fact, on one Halloween night, a boy from her school, like, threw this water balloon at one of her classmates, and it ruined her bag of candy. So Shanda literally went to this boy's house, went to the door. (gasps) No way. Knocked on the door. No fucking way. (laughs) Waited for his mom to answer, and when... This boy's mom answered, she told her that she needed to buy her friend a new bag of candy because her son ruined it. Wow, I love her. Yeah, she was awesome. You were so mad you even slammed your laptop to you and were like, (laughs) give me new candy. (laughs) She was literally yin and yang. She was tough but sweet. Yeah. She cared a lot about the people in her life. She felt that if she hurt her friend or she said something wrong that maybe might have bothered her friends she would take it so incredibly hard if she did anything that upset anybody she would feel like tremendous guilt yeah she would even like obsess over it and like think about it until it like fixed itself her feelings were also easily hurt and she was quick to cry but she had like this insane dynamic of being really strong and really really soft people in her life said that she got this dynamic from her grandmother betty And she was super close with her grandmother, Buddy, as well. Her grandmother taught her how to sew clothes for her dolls. And they loved to go to the library together to pick out books. And Shanda actually would have, like, a difficult time finding books that she hadn't read before. Mm, She was very smart. Yeah, she was really smart. And Shanda, at a very young age, was really aware of life and death. She would talk about death a lot to her grandmother She would ask her grandmother questions like, well, what happens to us when we die? What's going to happen to me when I die? And what can I do on this earth 
to make sure that I get into heaven when Aww. I die. So she's very, like, curious, but curious. still... I guess, I want to say, like, realistic as well. Yeah, she was definitely realistic. She definitely had an understanding of if you do good things, good things happen to you. If you do bad things, bad things will happen to you. Yeah. All of Jackie and Steve's friends would always compliment them on their parenting, saying how amazing and how polite Shanda was growing up to be. So... Now that Jackie moved to New Albany, Shanda... Okay, so Shanda used to actually go to a private school. Okay. And when they moved to New Albany, she was going to a public school called Hazelwood Middle School. And Jackie was kind of nervous because she was used to her being in a class that was smaller, that had a better like student-teacher ratio, yeah. that was more... I don't know. She had hands to wear hands on, hands on, and yeah. she had to wear like a uniform. She had probably stricter rules, yeah. so she was kind of nervous because Shanda was going into seventh grade. Yeah, it's a different environment, especially for young women who are just starting to blossom. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So the night before the first day of school, Shanda spent hours trying to find the perfect outfit. Because she was used to the uniform, so mm-hmm. she was like, I gotta come in, like, looking First good. impressions. Such first impression. Yeah. And she already really cared about her hair, her okay. makeup. She overall just gave a lot into yeah. herself. Her appearance. Absolutely. And I'm just gonna read this <laughs> diary entry that Shanda wrote before school. It's kind of long, but it, it's definitely worth it. I can't believe it, but it's true. It's time for a new school year. Let me tell you what I'm looking forward to the most and what I'm dreading the most. Well, this year it's going to be different school. I'm kind of scared that I won't fit in because I heard that there are hoods, pretty girls, and all those guys. I wish my mom would understand that I don't want to be 12. I want to be 13. I wish I could tell people that I was 13 and my mom would would go along with it, but I know how my mom is. She's not that kind of person. But I would love it if she would. I would work hard, but I'm already going to do that. I love my mom very much, but she doesn't understand how much I want to be 13 and have people spend the nights on the weekdays and talk on the phone after 10 p.m. So clearly, just like everything else with Shanda, she wanted to be older, Older, mature. Because 12 is kind of like, oh, you're still a baby, but like 13 has the word teen in it. Yeah. So you can say like, oh, I'm a teenager I'm a teenager. Now. That's yeah. exactly how it was. She wanted yeah. to be a teenager. Yeah. And she's clearly way more mature than most kids her age oh, would have been. I mean, even reading that di- diary entry and yeah. how she words Very things. Very coherent. So coherent. Yeah. So the next day when Shanda comes home from school, she tells her mom that she loved it. So she had a great first day at school. She loved her teachers, and she already made a lot of friends in her class. Okay. This made Jackie really happy to hear, obviously, that her daughter was adjusting well. Yeah. However, only two days later, Jackie had gotten a call from Shanda's principal. And apparently, Shanda had gotten into a physical fistfight... (gasps) with another girl, and was given a week of detention. Two days in. What the fuck happened? Exactly. How? Exactly. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you. Oh, God. Okay. This was so not like Shanda that Jackie was like, what the hell? 
Yeah. Like, she was, like, sh- Exactly how I was. <laughs> and I've, I only know uh, Shanda for 17 minutes of my life. And <laughs> and already, I and I know this is not like yeah. Shanda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I already know that this is absurd. Yeah, this something is Something fucking happened. Oh, something happened. So when Shanda actually got home from that day that the fight happened, mm-hmm. Jackie noticed that she had a cut on her face and a large bump on the back of her head. Oh. When Jackie asked Shanda what happened, she said that one of her friends, had kind of opened up to her and said that she wanted to break up with her boyfriend Nathan Mm -hmm. and so Shanda being the literal Shanda that she is she was like well if you're too nervous to break up with Nathan I'll do it for you I'll do it for you oh so oh man drama that that loyal character that she literally is is she wanted to stick up with her friends i know i know it's seventh grade and it's crazy (laughs) well she is 12 (laughs) yeah okay but the crazy thing is this whole case made me feel like i was in high school again yeah it's just it's crazy okay moving along so this day after class shanda found nathan by his locker and this friend had a ring. Nathan had given his girlfriend a ring. And so the girl was like, give this to Nathan. This will tell him that I'm breaking up with him. Yeah. So she walks up to Nathan and she tries to hand him this ring. And Nathan was like kind of pissed off. And he was yeah, just like, like, why do you have that? Exactly. Like, um, mind your own. Well, he literally said, mind your own business. If she wanted to break up with me, she would do it. Shanda was not going to take no for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> so she shoves it back at him and says, just take it. At this point, the conversation starts attracting kids yeah. because, duh. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking middle school. It's middle school hallways. Know? And when the voices start to rise, a circle of kids start to form. Now, in this circle of kids, there was a girl named Amanda Hebron. Mm. She's 14 years old, and she actually came up and confronted Shanda because Nathan was her cousin. So she was trying to protect her cousin, and she basically comes up with a very intimidating demeanor. And when Shanda started to apologize and make amends of the situation, Amanda chest bumped her into a locker then wrestled her to the ground oh no (laughs) i would have punched her in the throat right then and there shanda's too sweet i think for that i think she probably (laughs) um tried to fight back but amanda was older and we'll talk we'll talk more about amanda in a little bit but basically she wrestles her to the ground she begins to hit her the circle of kids, they start coming around. They're chanting Amanda's name, which could only make Amanda <laughs> like feel the better. situation. Right. So finally, a teacher came and broke up the fight, and they were taken to the principal's office, and that's when they both found out that they both were going to be spending five days of detention together. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's take the two girls that were fighting and put them in the same freaking room, because that solves everything. It's- they were obviously like, hey, you guys fought, make up now. Like, you guys, now your punishment is to sit in a room for five days with that person. So when Amanda found out about the detention, she didn't give a shit. Yeah. She was used to it. She had gotten attention, like, so Before. many times. She, when she literally heard this, it, like, made her laugh. Hmm. On the other hand, Shanda was, like, really upset. Devastated. (laughs) She was devastated. She had never gotten detention before ever. And now she had to go talk to her mom about her having detention. So you can only think of how bad that would make somebody like Shanda feel. Yeah. Now, let's talk about Amanda Heverin and her background. Ooh, okay. I like like this. (laughs) 
So Amanda was very well known at Hazelwood Middle School. She was known by the way that she dressed and by the way she acted. Uh-huh. Kids in the school would gossip and talk about her because she wore baggy jeans. She had a boyish haircut. She wore boy clothes. And she definitely held herself in a very masculine manner. Okay. She, many times before, had been mistaken for a boy at the school. But she loved it. She loved the attention. It was all about her identity, and she really enjoyed having that identity. Yeah, yeah. That Like, that was her. That, that was, was Amanda yeah. Heverin. Amanda's mother had abandoned her and her sisters years before, so she lived in a very poor neighborhood of New Albany with her father, Jerry. After time had passed and Amanda started to grow into who she was going to be, Jerry straight up confronted her and was like, are you a lesbian? And Amanda... No. Amanda never upfront told him. Instead, she said, no, I have a boyfriend at school. But in actuality, she had a girlfriend at school. Yeah. And her girlfriend was 16-year-old Melinda Loveless. Now let's jump into Amanda's girlfriend, Melinda's background. Okay. So Melinda was a 16-year-old girl. She was born on October 28th, 1975. And Melinda is often described as a very, very beautiful young girl who had seen some not very beautiful things growing up. Now she was very, very popular with the boys. She had gorgeous brown curly hair, pretty lips, and a very pretty smile. Mm -hmm. All the boys would try to convince her, come on a date with me, go out with me. But she didn't give a shit. She would give no boys any attention any time of the day. She knew who she was. She knew who she was. She actually promised not to get with any boys because of what she said was a very unfulfilling sexual experience that she had had in the past. (gasps) In fact, both of her older sisters were also lesbians. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about Melinda's father, Larry Loveless. Oh, man. Yeah, this is an old man. Uh, Larry Loveless, he used to be a probation officer in New Albany Police Department in 1965, but only eight months after, he was fired because him and his partner assaulted a black man that was supposedly sleeping with Larry's wife. Oh my god. I yeah. I freaking hate people. Yeah. He abused his power. He was fired. After this, he started a job at a, as a mailman, and he was also fired only after three months because they found out that he wasn't even going on his roots, but he was just bringing all the mail home and burning it. <gasps> Which is like a federal crime, probably. Yeah, how does that even, like, why? Why would you even want to do that? Like, what satisfaction do you freaking get from that? He's just a bundle of joy. Now, Melinda's mother, Marge Loveless, had claimed that Larry was a pervert and a cheater. When no one was around, he would wear her underwear and her makeup, and he also loved the idea of an open marriage. Oh, man. Yeah, he wanted a relationship where he was able to watch his wife, Marge, Make love to other men and women. So he would, like, go to bars and try to, like, upsell himself to people, claiming that he was a successful doctor. Uh-huh. He would uh-huh. tell people, oh, this is Marge. She's my girlfriend. And ah! I'm yeah, and I'm interested with sharing her with you. So basically, he's making proposals oh with strangers God. to, like, sleep with his wife. Does his wife know that he's doing that? She would be with him. 
when he would do that. He would uh, bring Marge to the bars and be like, to, this like, is... lure other people to them? Yeah, pretty I'm... much. He had a very intense sexual desire and that really affected marge like a lot in fact one time she tried to commit suicide (gasps) after she was forced to participate in an orgy no yeah with other with another couple oh so she didn't like it she didn't like that her husband was wanting an open relationship forcing her to do all these sexual things with strangers like she wanted a basic relationship and you know what an open marriage isn't for everybody. He needed yeah. to find somebody where he could have that, that relationship yeah. with, but Marge was just not you that. You can't force somebody to have the same views as you, and you can't force somebody to have, you know, the same aspect of marriage. If yeah. if you are somebody that wants a marriage for yourself and just be two people, then have that, you know? Don't yeah. force somebody to have an open marriage. Absolutely. And when Melinda Loveless was only nine years old, Her father, Larry, had multiple men assault Marge sexually. So at a very young age, Melinda's seeing probably not the best marriage ever. And unfortunately, after this, Marge attempted suicide again by drowning. And she wouldn't allow Larry to touch her for like over a month after I wouldn't want anybody to touch me. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But this pissed Larry off. It pissed Larry off. That Marge wasn't letting him control get what, get him get what he wants, yeah. get his physical needs. So allegedly, Larry got so angry at this that he forced himself onto his daughters. Now we don't have that as a fact, but it's been kind of said. Yeah. In 1986, Larry met two women at a bar, and he obviously wanted to go home and have sex with them. But Marge was like, "No, you're not going home with these yeah. ladies." And this pissed off Larry so much that he nearly beat Marge to death. (gasps) He was convicted of battery and Marge had to be hospitalized. What the frick? Yeah. So his rap sheet, it didn't end there. (laughs) There had been some court documents that suggested that he had assaulted Marge, so his wife's sister, (gasps) when she was 13. I feel like I'm gasping this whole entire, like, 30-minute episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Another member of the family also testified that Larry had been sexually molesting her from the ages of 10 to 14. Oh my god. Yeah. Larry. Scary Larry. Scary Larry. (laughs) The same family member also claimed that he had once tied up all three of the daughters in the basement. What? And raped them one by one. This is not confirmed by the loveless daughter, so I have to state that. It's kind of an anonymous witness. Yeah. But it's in court records that it was somebody had suggested that. Okay. Wow. So when Melinda was five years old, her father Larry and her mother Marge decide to turn to faith. So they denounced their old life. Mm. They weren't going to do nothing anymore. They're going to have a better life. No more swinging. No more drinking. Okay. So they attended Graceland Baptist Church. And while they were there, we don't really know the circumstances behind this, Mm -hmm. but when Melinda was five years old, she was taken to a hotel room by a younger man that went to the church and was given a five-hour exorcism. So he took Melinda to Mm -hmm. this room alone, a hotel room, for five hours for an exorcism, and there's no details as to what happened in that hotel room. Why was she getting an exorcism? We don't know. Uh, Yeah. Was that just kind of like a code word? 
you know? Right. I think it's suspicious, and if Melinda claims she had a very unsatisfying sexual relationship in her That's past... That's probably it. We can only... Uh, one we're only suspecting. the things. So Larry and Marge had to leave the church not soon after because Larry decided, I'm going to become a marriage counselor at the church. Oh, yeah, because... Because I know so much about marriages that I just only make sense. person to do that. And when he became this marriage counselor, a woman came to him for advice, and he assaulted her. (gasps) And just to top things off, people would claim that the Loveless sisters also looked dirty, unwashed, and that they were pretty much unfed regularly. In 1990, Marge caught Larry peeping into Melinda's bedroom when one of her classmates was there, so that her and her classmate were just chilling in a bedroom, and... Larry's peeping through the the fucking door, and this set Marge off. So she grabbed a kitchen knife, and she stabbed Larry. (gasps) Good girl. But then she tried to commit suicide with that same knife. And so after this, Larry filed for a divorce. Oh, okay. (laughs) So Larry files for a divorce, and he moves to Florida and gets remarried. After Larry moved to Florida, Melinda would, like, write him letters about how she still loved him because Mm -hmm. it was her father. I mean, there's obviously abuse and trauma, but Melinda needed a father. She needed somebody to to love her. Exactly. And not after a while, Larry just stopped writing her back. So he didn't give a shit. He he entertained it for however long he wanted, but then he didn't give a shit, and he never got back to her. Now, Melinda's mother got remarried to a really nice guy, But even after that, Melinda never let him in or let him get close. Hmm. So I know that was kind of a detour, but now we're coming back. Coming back to the main story, and now we're coming back to Amanda Heeran and Melinda. So we're going to kind of talk about their relationship a little bit. Amanda kind of filled that empty spot for Melinda. And of course, at first, Melinda's family just thought that Amanda was a really close friend. Mm-hmm. That they would hang out with, like, the doors closed. They would have sleepovers. But when Marge saw that Melinda had a hickey on her neck, she confronted her. And then Melinda basically had to fess up and say, yeah, like, me and Amanda are, are girlfriend and girlfriends. So even though they were in a Midwest conservative state of Indiana in the, you know, the 90s, Melinda and Amanda weren't shy to show their affection affection and their relationship. They were proud lesbians, and they were not afraid to hug, kiss in the school hallways. And other classmates, of course, kind of bullied this. Of course. And they would, like, call them names. But Melinda didn't care. She didn't care what anybody said. Nothing bothered her. Nothing bothered her when somebody would pick on her or, or say mean things to her. So wrapping Melinda and Amanda back to Shanda's story, Amanda had told her girlfriend Melinda that she hated the new girl Shanda and that she was really happy that she got to beat her ass in school. But not soon after, Amanda tells Melinda, oh yeah, me and the Shanda girl, like we made up during detention and I, I think she's actually a pretty cool girl. Oh, so the hug it out method actually works. They hugged it out. <laughs> Amanda would actually bring up Shanda so often that <gasps> I see where this is going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that Melinda would get super jealous already. Mm-hmm. It was like Amanda just like couldn't stop talking about the new girl Shanda. <laughs> Melinda actually was so jealous that she had came to school late one day so that she could be in detention, so that she could watch 
what Shanda and Amanda were doing. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. I, I don't like where this is going. Yeah. I see it, but I don't like I don't where like it's going. It. I don't like it all. I don't like it all. Melinda wanted to watch how Shanda and Amanda were interacting. Yeah. And Amanda and Shanda started passing notes and, like, giggling all day. And when Shanda had stood up to turn in some papers in the front of the classroom, yeah. Amanda just, like, dead locked, stared at her, watched her the whole time, and Melinda was like, hell no. You are not staring at her that way. She yeah. knew it wasn't just friendly yeah so that same day when they left the classroom melinda went up to amanda to confront her Mm -hmm. but then shanda walks up immediately after amanda was like look this this is shanda here's shanda introduce her we're friends now but they were acting super playful and kind of like bumping hips like giggling like kind of just being girls right melinda was shocked to see how comfortable and how close they had gotten and just so quickly so quickly exactly and this was really threatening melinda felt threatened yeah when amanda and melinda left school melinda tells amanda you need to show me all these notes that you guys are passing in detention and amanda said no (laughs) and then melinda ripped them from her hands and melinda claimed that one of these notes from shanda was really flirty saying that shanda thought amanda was cute at this point melinda was like you're already forbidden no more shanda for you no more shanda no more shanda for you and amanda didn't like that at all yeah she wanted melinda to chill out don't be so jealous let me have some room to breathe amanda also stated that melinda had already in the past slapped amanda in the face for looking at other girls so this is kind of a trend that melinda's highly protective and highly jealous of anything that amanda does so amanda decides well i guess we should start passing secret notes to each other because we got to keep this low key or melinda's gonna like pop off yeah Papa. <laughs> Jackie didn't really want her daughter, Shanda, to hang out with Amanda, but Shanda begged her mom, like, Amanda's the most important person to me at this school. Like, I really just need to be friends with yeah. her. So Jackie was cautious, but she allowed the friendship. The first time that Jackie had ever saw Amanda in person, she says, in quote, I honestly couldn't tell if she was a girl. She had a pretty face, but I tried not to tell her how disturbed I was by her appearance. Amanda was really polite when she met Jackie saying, yes, ma'am, no, man. So Jackie eventually kind of warmed up to her. On September 3rd, Amanda wrote Shanda a letter stating that she was sorry for hitting her and fighting her and that if Shanda wanted to learn how to fight, she would teach her. Then in the same note, Amanda asks this question in quotes. Do you like girls? If so, that's cool. Because I think it's so different. Is that why you're nice to me? Do you think I'm cute or something? Please tell me the truth. I won't laugh. I think it's cool. Uh, that was her way of, like, putting her foot in the door. Absolutely. Of, like, asking, like, hey, are you interested or are you not? And from here on out, there's going to be a lot of notes and quotes. So basically every note that I'm going to say is, like, the actual notes and quotes of what they said to each okay. other. So that's kind of most of the the story from here the on The dialogue. Out. Okay. Absolutely. So three days later, Amanda wrote this note to Shanda. Do you still like me? If so, I'm glad. I have a lot in store for you Friday and Saturday when I see you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm just joking. Or do you want me not to joke? Do you want to happen what I have in store? If so, answer back yes. P.S. 
I think I'm starting to like somebody, and you know her. (gasps) So we don't know what Shanda replied to if she said yes or no to what Amanda had wrote to her. Oh. But two weeks later, on September 26th, Shanda got this note from Amanda. What was wrong with you yesterday? You sounded so sad on the phone. So what's on your mind? Last night, I meant everything I said to you about making love to you. (gasps) Shanda, you're so beautiful and sexy. I want you. I can't say it enough. Yeah. This love story. Well, just keep this in mind that Shanda's 12 years old. Oh, fuck. So the weekend after this letter was sent to Shanda, Shanda stayed the night at Amanda's house. And the promise that Amanda had made to Shanda in those letters happened. So you all know what the what we're talking about here. And it seemed like Shanda kind of felt weird about this and yeah. kind of felt mixed up about what happened. And Amanda wrote this letter to Shanda afterward. I had a really great time with you last night, and I'm looking forward to more. Please don't cry anymore, okay? Shanda actually wrote back and said, I loved last night too. I want more too and always. I want what we have last night if you want. One of Shanda's friends would say that she knew that Shanda was really confused because Shanda had said this in quote to her. Okay. I've done things with Amanda and she says we're lesbians, but I don't feel that way. I must be bisexual because I really like guys more. So she's a 12-year-old child. Trying to figure out herself. Trying to figure herself out. But we have Amanda who is a full-fledged, she knows who she is sexually. Yeah. And so it is kind of a thing through this case that Amanda maybe pushed too hard and forced it. And Shanda didn't really know. But this is all Speculation. speculation. So at this point, Melinda sees that Shanda and her girlfriend Amanda are still kind of hanging out passing notes they're not being as secretive i guess as as they, as they wanted to be so melinda starts writing some notes so melinda put this letter in shanda's locker and this is what it said shanda don't be scared of me please i just want to be your friend i just don't like it when you speak to amanda when i'm not there why can't we all be friends you act like you got something going on with her Amanda and I are going together and she loves me. I love her and she only wants to be friends with you. You need to accept that. I don't want you sneaking behind my back. Why don't you speak to Amanda when she's with me? You need to find a boyfriend because Amanda is mine and you can even ask her. Please talk to both of us or you can forget about Amanda. You, me, and Amanda need to have a talk about this and get this squared away. Then we can all be friends. Can you meet us for lunch? Your friend, Mel. Uh, uh, Yikes. Yikes. (laughs) Yikers. (laughs) Shanda and Amanda would still continue to see each other and talk when Melinda's not around. Of course. Yeah. Melinda had to actually approach Shanda in the hallway and physically threaten her just to make a point clear. She, like, got close to her and Shanda was kind of scared. She was like, okay, like, don't hurt me. Like, I won't won't talk to Amanda. I won't see amanda anymore but after this melinda found a heart-shaped piece of paper in amanda's locker and it said shanda loves amanda on it (gasps) oh no (laughs) she takes this note and like pushes it into shanda's face and asks her why did you write this why aren't you leaving her alone? Shan- so Melinda probably thinks that it's all Shanda pushing all her yeah. love onto 
Amanda. But in reality, the roles are reversed. Ab- that's absolutely that's absolutely correct because oh, Amanda knows how to have a sexual and a romantic relationship yeah. with a, another girl. Shanda didn't even know that she would even do anything like yeah. that. Yeah, she but was still confused. Or she is still confused. She is confused. Yeah. And Melinda, I mean, Melinda's 16 years old. She has even more yeah. knowledge than these two girls, but she yeah. just, she sees Shanda as a threat. So, of I course, mean, Shanda's I, the problem. I would too. yeah. I get it, especially because you don't know what, you know, Amanda's telling Mel either. Absolutely, absolutely. So Shanda said that she never wrote this note, that it's not even her handwriting, but Melinda just grabs Shanda and says, you're lying, and again tries to threaten her and tells her to stay away from Amanda or else. Mm-hmm. After this, Amanda then writes Shanda. So Amanda's still doing this. Amanda's still perpetuating this whole situation. Yeah. So Amanda writes Shanda another letter saying that she had to choose between Melinda and Shanda, but she wanted both of them. Of course. Of course. Then she also proceeded to write another note telling Shanda how good her butt looked in the pants that she was wearing. So clearly, Amanda gives no fucks. Amanda is perpetuating it. She doesn't give a fuck about Melinda's feelings or the situation in general. Yeah, she wants to be a freaking player. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So after this, Amanda decides to ask Shanda to the school dance. Mm -hmm. She was able to do this because Melinda didn't like going to school dances, and she said that she had plans that night anyways. She was going to go hang out with her friend Carrie and drink some wine coolers. So Amanda was like, sick. Melinda's gone. Yeah, peace out. I'm going to the dance. I'm taking Shanda. So the night of the dance, Melinda drinks like way too many wine coolers, and she gets drunk real sad. And she's <laughs> crying. sad. And I love she's that. <laughs> and she's crying about Shanda and she's crying about Amanda. And that she felt like she was losing her girlfriend, losing her relationship. So she begs her friend Carrie to bring her to the school dance. <gasps> Cause she wants to see if Amanda and Shanda were there together. So see, girls always know. People, girls know. People, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you're dating. Girls always know when you're being cheated on, no matter what. You can fake your life and say, no, no, honey, it's only you. But we know. We fucking know. Don't be an Amanda Heron. So Melinda and her friend Carrie, they sit in the parking lot waiting for the dance to be over. And, of course, Shanda and Amanda are leaving the dance together. So Melinda jumps out of the car, screaming, yelling, basically causing a parking lot drama fest (laughs) (laughs) we've all done that yeah and she basically slaps amanda across the face and then proceeds to tell amanda you are not allowed to be around shanda unless i am there but not surprisingly the next day at school amanda and shanda were hanging out together (laughs) ah This is when Amanda and Melinda, they decide that maybe they should break up. Uh, I mean, it took you long enough. Right. Well, this breakup actually made Melinda, like, get a really bad depression. Like, this was pretty devastating to her. She really did care about Amanda. And And to be cheated on, too. Oh, absolutely. Now, Melinda's older sister introduced Melinda to another lesbian friend. And this is a different Carrie, but her name is also Carrie. So there's a lot of Carries. This was the lesbian Carrie friend. Carrie number two. And Melinda begins to date Carrie in efforts to make Amanda jealous. So she's not even trying to date Carrie because she likes her. But to be a little. But to be a little. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Amanda eventually did find out about their relationship, and she was jealous. Of course! (laughs) But at the same time of her being jealous of Melinda, she was still sending Shanda love letters, saying that she was fully dedicated to Shanda, and that she only had eyes for Shanda. But she said that same shit to Mel, too. Yeah, well, and oh, oh, and to top it off, while she's saying this, she would call melinda's girlfriend carrie and like harass her what the okay amanda needs to freaking chill yeah pick one pick one girl there's no picking so melinda was excited to hear that amanda was threatening her girlfriend (sighs) so she toxic as fuck oh it's so toxic so then melinda decides to call amanda up and say i think we're meant to be like we should still be together (gasps) no So they decide that Carrie's just a fling. She's not worth it. Amanda's the one for me. So they decide to to get back together. After this, Amanda wrote Shanda a note saying that Melinda had put a spell on her and that it was just, she couldn't break it. She also needed to keep her relationship with Shanda a secret because if Melinda finds out, she'd probably kill Shanda. So at this point, Shanda actually starts to talk to some boys, Mm -hmm. and she starts talking to a boy named Ray and a boy named Mike, and when Amanda found this out, she writes Shanda this note. Melinda said that she saw you flirting with some boys, and you better stop calling Ray when you like me. How do I know you don't like him if you don't call me? I'm scared of losing you. Then why did you pick Mel? Exactly. In mid-October, Amanda writes this note to Shanda. I talked to someone who saw you standing real close to a blonde-headed boy. Who was this boy? Don't lie. So now Amanda is getting possessive of Shanda. So one day, Amanda's dad gets a call saying that Amanda had skipped school. And he was just trying to find out where his daughter was. And his first thought was, I'm going to call Jackie Shanda's mom because Amanda's probably skipping school with Shanda. Yeah. When Jackie heard this, she called the school and she was like no shanda shanda's at school she's fine but that's when jackie decided no more amanda like shanda's not hanging out with somebody who's skipping school she's a bad influence so she decides to say no more she told shanda no more hanging out but unfortunately jackie never told shanda's father steven that she wasn't allowed to hang out with amanda oh no so now I see where this is going. So Steve takes Shanda to, like, this fall festival thing. Okay. And she was allowed to bring a friend, so she decided to bring Amanda. Amanda. So he didn't know that she wasn't allowed to be with her. And, of course, somebody at this fall festival spotted Shanda and Amanda together, and they tell Melinda. And this is what Melinda said to one of her friends in quote. Shanda is going to pay for this. She's ruining my life. So after all this drama started just boiling over and just probably all-consuming for everybody involved, everybody started to notice that Shanda was not herself anymore. She didn't care about what she wore anymore. She herself started to wear baggy clothes. She didn't care about her hair or her makeup when Mm -hmm. she was so particular. she was, like, in pristine condition. She was pristine, but she... (laughs) This, like, toxic environment just started to really take a hold of her. She stopped going to basketball practice. She's probably depressed as heck. Oh, absolutely. And she started to forge her mom's signature on her bad grades. And guess who taught her how to do that? 
fucking Amanda. Amanda said, hey, if you're getting bad grades, let me teach you how to forge your mom's signature. So now she's the complete opposite Shanda that we know. She's She's now Amanda. She's now turning into the people that she's hanging out with. Jackie talked to Shanda's school and found out that she'd been failing her classes and that she was, in fact, forging her signatures. Yeah. So Jackie confronts Shanda, and Shanda, like, bursts into tears. Like, she felt so bad. She was apologized. She said that she was ashamed, that she lied. And it got to the point where Jackie asked, well, why do you keep hanging out with Amanda even after all of this? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Shanda said that she was scared if she didn't have Amanda around to protect her, that some other girls at the school were going to beat her up or hurt her. So she kind of just felt like Amanda was there for her. Yeah. Her protector. No, in reality, she's the opposite. She's the one causing all the drama, and the, she's the reason why the other girls are wanting oh, to attack her. Absolutely. And even more crazy than that, Jackie asked Shanda, well, who's going to hurt you? And Shanda replied, Melinda Loveless. So now she's scared Melinda's going to beat her ass. So she's friends with Amanda, who's it's pissing Melinda off even Even more. more. And that was the first time Jackie even heard Melinda's name at all. So after this, Jackie made Shanda promise, no more Amanda, we're done. And Shanda actually started to listen. And she started to get annoyed because Amanda... Wouldn't leave her the frick alone. Wouldn't leave her alone. And Amanda even started calling Shanda's home and she would like disguise her voice and pretend to be like a different person so that Jackie would not know that it was Amanda and like and pass the phone to Shanda and she would convince other girls to call Shanda on like a three-way call and when Shanda would get on the phone Amanda would pop out and be like hey I'm here so she was always getting it's me surprise I'm somehow sneaking back into your life yet a fucking again so Jackie decides enough is enough she was tired of Amanda's attempts to sneak her way back into Shanda's life Mm -hmm. so she heads over to Jerry so she heads over to Amanda dad and confronts jerry this is what jerry said in quote to jackie you know it's funny every girl my daughter is friends with the parents end up telling me that they don't want their daughters to have anything to do with mine i just don't understand well why aren't you seeing the connection there (laughs) jerry jerry (laughs) then jackie brings up well haven't you noticed how your daughter dresses and acts and looks so basically hinting that, like... They're not just friends that are saying this. Yeah. It's girlfriends. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jerry is like, I know, but when I asked Amanda, she says she's not a lesbian, so I, I don't know what you're getting at. She has a boyfriend, so she, he's oblivious yeah. to the fact that Amanda's living, like, this kind of, like, a double life. Yeah. Like, her, she has a school life, she has her home life, and it's, like, two different things. <sighs> That's so sad. But fortunately, when Shanda stopped talking to Amanda, her grades started improving. She started being happy again, yeah. laughing again. But like I said before, on the weekends... Shanda would go over to her father Steve's house and while she was over there one weekend Jackie finds a letter that Shanda had written for Amanda and the letter says Amanda I miss you and I will always love you no matter what happens brace yourself no I miss the touch of your soft body (laughs) I'm not having it right now (laughs) so you want to know how she found out about this letter like how she found this letter so Shanda's only 12 years old and she doesn't know how mail works so she put this letter in the mailbox in an envelope with no 
stamp. Oh, and so, so it, like they it didn't even it. go yeah. anywhere. So Jackie runs to the phone. She calls Steve and she tells him, like, I just got this letter like my daughter, you know, yeah. our daughter is writing to this Amanda girl and Shanda can kind of hear the panic. Steve's yeah. side of the conversation. So Shanda um, turns to Steve's wife, Sharon, and she's all like, so if I don't like, how do you send mail? If I don't have a stamp, will it be returned? And, so she and Shannon's knew. like, oh, yeah. So she was like, oh, no. <laughs> Abort, abort, abort mission. mission. That same night, Steve and Sharon brought Shanda home, and they basically had like this intervention. Shanda denied ever doing anything sexual with Amanda, Amanda at all. And this is what Jackie had to say in quote about that night. I held her in my arms, and I told her that I loved her, and that whatever happened was nothing to be ashamed of. I told her she was just a little girl, and even though she may think she's all grown up, she's not. I told her that the mere fact that she's sitting there in tears and couldn't talk showed me she was still just a little girl. Absolutely. And it's okay. Like, if you know who you are at such a young age, I mean, plenty of people do, but for her to already be confused with her sexuality is heartbreaking it's hard yeah and it it is no she doesn't know and it and it is hard to have somebody older than her a new environment and like she's learning all these things and honestly like i could see if i was 12 wanting to fit in and going with it to fit in to not hurt people's feelings because like we know shanda didn't like when anybody felt like she rejected them or she hurt their feelings or out of place, like she wanted to make everybody happy. And I think that was one of the biggest things with why she went so long was because she guilt would have eaten her up inside if she didn't reply to Amanda or anybody else. So the very next day, Jackie and Steve make the decision to enroll Shanda into a private school called Our Lady of Perpetual Help. So now she's back at a at a private school and she's uh-huh. no longer going to Hazelwood. And Shanda was actually not happy that she was moving to another private school but melinda was just fucking ecstatic of course but of course the story doesn't just end because one week after shanda moved to this private school melinda writes amanda this letter why did you write her name on your fucking folder it hurts so much when i seen it you put her ugly name on your folder and you wrote it you must have liked her enough to write her name why i'm gone well by november mel started to warm back up to amanda again so Uh, she's not gone uh, oh man okay her letters (laughs) i take all that back her letters started to change she actually started to like apologize to amanda she was like apologizing saying that she was sorry for being so jealous and she thought that amanda and shanda you know they weren't going to be in contact anymore but that's a lie that's a lie because Amanda and Shanda arranged to meet up later. They had made this plan that Shanda and her cousin, who was actually still going to Hazelwood, so Shanda was going to go to the dance with her cousin so that she could see Amanda because Shanda's not a, a student yeah, anymore, so yeah, she has she to be can. a guest. Yeah. And when they got to the school on the night of the dance to meet up, Melinda was in the parking lot with Amanda, and Amanda was kind of like standing back, like she just got found out, and Amanda was, or Melinda was like in the front, like more like an aggressive, like kind of like, stay the fuck away. Are you serious right now? Like I'm in attack mode now. Melinda forced Amanda to tell Shanda that she didn't like her, 
and that she didn't want to talk to her anymore and she made them like walk away. So this kind of left Shanda in the parking lot sobbing and obviously hurt that she just had this traumatic experience with these two younger or two older girls. On November 26th, Melinda writes this letter to Amanda. I'm real mad at you. I feel like I need to cry. I want Shanda dead. (gasps) Oh, I see where this is going. Yeah. In early December, Amanda's father, Jerry Heverin, was kind of like going through Amanda's room and he finds all of the letters from Melinda. He reads the letters and of course he was like, oh my God, my, my daughter's a lesbian? And he's like shook at the sexual nature that he sees between these yeah. two girls that he thought was Friends. Amanda's, yeah, Amanda's friend. But he's like, oh, wait, it, what? And yeah. was kind of confused about it. So he decides that he's going to contact the county juvenile probation officer so that Melinda can't see Amanda anymore. Yeah. So when he does contact them, the probation officer contacts Melinda and literally tells Melinda, you can't be in contact with Amanda or legal charges will be pressed against you. So now Melinda is having pretty much her whole life crashed around her yeah flipped upside down and who does she think did all this shanda shanda so so this is when melinda starts planning gossiping and discussing on how she wanted shanda out of her life for good Mm. she even started asking friends how to get rid of bodies (gasps) but during this the plotting situation shanda was actually cutting ties off with amanda for good she was so hurt by that parking lot incident. Yeah. She was just like, I'm over it. Good. She started thriving at her private school and she even got a boyfriend. Oh. And so Shanda's trying to move on. Once Shanda literally is fully moved on from Amanda, Amanda convinces her friend to call Shanda on a three-way call and she pops in, of course, like Amanda does, and just- (laughs) Hello. Hello, I'm Amanda. I'm here to fucking ruin your life. (laughs) Again. Again. And she just starts spilling her heart out and she is roping Shanda back into her stupid web. On January 2nd, Shanda wrote this letter to one of her friends. I can't take all this pressure. I wish you would just stop calling me and following me. Oh. And I have one more sentence to top off this episode. Just nine days after, Melinda wrote a letter to a friend that said, I want Shanda Sharer dead. So that's part one. And I hope that was enough. I mean, it was drama. Yeah. It was drama. And I feel bad that this whole episode was kind of just like a he said, she said, she said this, this, this. But I mean, this is this is the case. And you'll have to tune into part two to see what the happens. I, I'm nervous, guys. But I'm actually more nervous for you because... You have to wait a you week. You have to wait a week. And we're recording this in one night. So, ha. So, yeah. See ya Sorry about later. It. Check us out on Instagram. Follow us. We're going to post pictures from yeah. this first episode. And I really hope you guys stay tuned because I'm telling you. the it reason good. It gets fucking crazy. And the reason why this is a three-parter is because there's just so much information. Like, you guys will not want to miss it. It literally gets more and more interesting through each episode. Yeah. So, we will see you next week. Yeah, leave us a review.